0: All right, everybody, talk about it outdoors live in the studio. Nick, Cody, Alex, it's been a star studded week after our last drop, and we cannot wait to get this one underway. It's been a long time coming, and the man himself, Matt Jennings from the show The Game, is coming on, and we're going to talk about it with him. It's going to be a fun time, and we've been waiting a while to get him on, and hey. As we always say. I'm excited. <laughs> Nick, have a good day, man. Absolutely. How about yourself? I have I have been long awaiting this one, but I tell you what I'm waiting on is to hear the rest of the story from the Mayo clan. I know it's going to drop tomorrow, and that second series goes anything like the first one did, and I haven't listened to it yet, and I'm excited to hear it <laughs> so, Oh, man.
1: Yeah. There's was, two There's two drinks. I'm uh, excited. I'm excited. I know you're going to ask me, so I'm excited to be here as always. Had a good day, so I'm really I'm looking forward to this one as well. Well, as as we said on the last show, uh, it's been a
0: it's been a fun couple of weeks getting everything set up with the apparel stuff. And if you haven't picked anything up yet, go get it. The order is going to be done well before this episode drops. So we are going to do a kids order uh, starting next week. So when this episode drops, you should see something about that and anything you want for a kid we're going to have on that order. I've had a lot of people ask for sizes for kids and things like that and we're going to go ahead and do a giveaway as well for everyone that pre-ordered things. So we'll have that posted and we'll go with it. Um as we go into this one with the guy, the man, the 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 I guess the story behind who he is I've listened to him on a lot of shows. I've seen his TV show. I've seen him online. I've seen him all over social media. You're in for a treat. Because he can talk about it as good as anybody I've seen. He is as straight-laced and straightforward as it comes when he comes to his deer hunting. And, and this one's going to be a treat for you guys for sure. But before we get into that, I'm going to roll right into uh, shooting you straight. Cody, you, gotta, you gotta,
1: got us a good question for tonight? Well, are we going to let... We'll ask him when we go
0: into it, so go ahead and drop it.
1: So this question – actually, Nick, you come up with this question. I think it's a good one. Um, The question is, has social media taken the fun out of just enjoying the outdoors as in the sense, has it put too much pressure on people to be successful – while they're hunting and as you ask
0: that question matt i know you're on the line already so i want to go ahead and get you in here with us on this we always do and then i'm going to give you a chance to kind of introduce yourself to us and i'm going to introduce you and everything else so matt good to have you here with us how you doing buddy but better now that we're talking to you
2: <laughs> that's right
0: so did you hear cody's question there it was um asking that you think that social media has hurt hurt deer hunting or hurt the hunting community
2: man you know that's uh a- that's a tricky question, but in my opinion, yeah, it takes the fun out of the guys. that's just getting started because, you know, remember back in the day when you go in the woods and you shot a spike, man, you was tickled pink with it. But nowadays you can't post something about it because you always got that one cast that wants to criticize and and takes the enjoyment out of the guys coming up like we did when there wasn't no social media to, you know, if you're not shooting a 180, or you know they they want to throw salt at you, and it shouldn't be like that.
0: Yeah, and and, and, and I know it's happy k-
2: okay.
0: it's kind of a double edged sword for you because you're making your living through you know social media and, and, the, and then the hunting community and getting your name and brand out there. So it's it's kind of a double edged sword for you, I know. But off what you said, I think it's helped a little bit to be able to give more information to people that are out there that are new getting into it.
2: Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, I mean, you can pretty much look up anything on, on Facebook and find out, you know, how to do it or through, you know, websites or whatnot, YouTube. And, and when I learned how to deer hunt, I mean, I taught myself, you know, I didn't have nobody teach me how to bow hunt. And, you know, Facebook helps that helps that side tremendously because you can ask the question on one of these Facebook pages, man, and you'll have a thousand comments on it, people, you know, helping each other out. And that's the bright side to the to the fact, I guess.
1: Yeah, I think you got to be. I think you got to be careful when choosing which platform to reach out for help on. I mean, there's some you can. I see them on Facebook, and I know I no longer associate with a lot of them. That, like you said, Matt, they just throw shade at every every question asked, and they want to criticize instead of help. So, I think you got to kind of pick and choose, and kind of view what may be the best place.
0: What's your thoughts on it, Nick?
1: I think it is. I think it's hurt a lot. I think it's
3: hurt the younger generation that likes to get on there and post their pictures of their deer, and it all it takes is one bad comment to fire somebody off, and that that can stick with somebody in the re, throughout their hunting career, and and really you know stop them from shooting maybe a big buck just because Midwest hunting has got so big. So yeah, I think it has hurt. Um, I don't know if it'll ever get any better. No, probably not. As long as as long as someone has social media, and, it, and it's not just young people; it can be older people too. The way people hunt, so um, just kill what you want want's all I say. Kill what makes you happy. If it puts a smile on your face, put something in it. That's right. That's right. That's
2: right.
0: So, um, without further ado, Matt, ScentLock Pro staff member, host of the popular TV show The Game, you can find that over on the Mossy Oak Go app. Uh, the uh, my outdoor tv app you can find it on several other outlets and i'm sure matt will be more than happy to you know invite anyone over to check it out you can find him on youtube and you got a lot going on you know from this season and we're going to get into a lot of that information but before we do all that man you, you know, i know you're from alabama you know i know you're a kind of small town guy like like ourselves uh you know just kind of tell me a little bit about yourself well i grew up
2: in uh woods alabama um big town we got a uh, one. One stop sign and one store, and that's about it, man. You sneeze going through it, you miss the whole place, you know. And uh, we just grew up good old country people and uh, played ball growing up and was always, you know, in the woods. And it was just one of those things where we really didn't have that much to do. So I really took hold to being in the woods all the time. It was just like going, getting in my own little world and not having to worry about, you know, nothing else. And that just kind of stuck with me. And, uh, I never grew out of it, you know, it just got worse every year.
0: <laughs> well, and I know early on that, you know, in our conversations, uh, when you, we first met and you and I and Cody kind of hit it off from the get go when we met in Illinois, just from that small town yeah. feel. Cause we are all from those areas, and you know we could sit here all night and into tomorrow even, and, and talk about all the the successes and the failures that we've had as far as individual hunts go. And that's what we, you know this this I want this episode to be about you know more about learning people you know about Matt Jennings and and tell us about how you got into the community of of the you know doing it for a living and and finding those outlets and only because everybody else knows the story behind the man as far as the camera goes and what you're seeing, but we want to kind of talk about the, the back side of things. So, you know, we met in Illinois in two thousand eighteen. Cody and I myself were fortunate enough to run into you at a hunting lodge up there and right out of the gate it was uh it was story after story after story between all of us and you know when you first got into uh the the popularity of you know being a social media figure or or a hunter professionally what was your first take on it? You know, what did it kind of, what what did it kind of do? Did it shock your system a little bit?
2: Yeah, man, I'm, it scared me to death. Um, you know, I I don't think of myself no better than anybody else, you know. And when people, when you walk into a store and people say, I, you can see them whispering or they want to take you picture with you or, you know, sign their shirt, you know, it, it catches you off guard, but you get used to it, and I'm flattered to death, but I'm, you know, I'm just like everybody else. I put you know, my pants on one leg at a time and I don't want to be treated no different. I've just been blessed and I've worked my tail off to get to where I'm at. And, uh, but I, I mean, I wouldn't take nothing for or anything for it, man. It's been a ride. It's been a roller coaster and it's just getting bigger and better every, every day.
0: So how old were you when you when or how many years ago was it when you first got, you know, started professionally hunting?
2: Well, uh, I would say probably I've been doing this for five years. Um, I met a met this guy. Y'all gonna laugh at me? I had some land leased in Kentucky, <laughs> and I had this big, gnarly, jacked up deer max with scent lock on the back, buddy. I thought I was all that in a bag of chips, and I was just a little redneck from Weldon, Alabama. Loved to go deer hunting. That was it. And uh, I spent every dime I had on that lease. And the hotel I was staying at, um, this lady, she always she was. She was super sweet to me. She always gave me a discount on the room as much as I stayed there, you know. And always told me about her son. He was hunting, you know, and this and that. And then, uh, Well, one day I bumped into him at the store, and it was a little, you know, small town. Uh, one store, just kind of like where I grew up from. And Me and him just kind of, about like us, you know, we just kind of hit it off and started talking literally at the gas pump. So I was getting some diesel fuel, and uh, he said, man, you going to go hunting this evening? I said, if I'm breathing, I am. He said, "We care if I video you." And I was like, "I said no." I said, uh, "I said I got a spot. We can go shoot a doe." And I'll never forget it. We went in there, and we had a uh, hung a camera stand. And I'll never forget. He said, "Don't cuss or you know chew any you know tobacco products on camera." And you know I'm thinking we're just up for having this uh, you know rendezvous, and I get the camera stand hung and. I'll never forget it. He had a homemade camera on with a swivel on it with a, uh, probably a $300 JVC camera. I'll never forget it. Now, he got everything set up and I'll never forget. It. I was putting my scent lock jacket on. and I looked over my left shoulder and here comes this little bitty seven pointer. And the first thing out of my mouth was, damn, there's a deer. <laughs> and you see me and it's on YouTube and it, and I, and I think, and I ain't mistaken, it aired on pursuit channel, uh, many moons ago. And, Hear me say, I cover my mouth, and you kind of hear him in the background go, "Don't cut, don't cut," <laughs> and, and I, you know, I didn't mean to. It was just reaction, you know. It just, it's our reaction. Yeah, he are excited. <laughs> I mean, like we didn't sit down yet, you know. And uh, I ended up shooting a doe that evening, and everything just went, you know, perfect. And he said, "Dude," he said, "You was like born doing this." And I said, "Dude, I, I, this is all I really know how, to, or what I do. You know, it's all I know how to do. I love deer hunting, man." And, uh, me and him got to rocking and rolling, and this name of the show was called River Country Outdoors. And, uh, we started airing the first year. He was just doing a little local deal at the time. And, and when I got teamed up with him, I guess you could say I was the VP of the company. And, uh, we was just two little rednecks that didn't really have a clue what we was doing, but we was being successful at it. And next thing I knew, we was on, uh, uh, Dish, uh, network running on the Hunt Channel on prime time. And uh, then the next thing I know, we're running on Pursuit Channel on Dish and Direct, and uh, he ended up getting a a pretty good job offer um, with a seed company, and he was going to have to move off and do some stuff, and uh, he just, he kind of got burnt out on it. It takes a different breed to do it, and he was very good doing doing what he done, and uh, I think he just got burnt out on it, and my buddy Steven Tucker, he just had shot the world record, and uh he was always telling me and I always had people, Man, you need to do your own thing, you know, so that's kinda and I didn't have a clue when I started, man. And like I said, I learned something new every day and I'm scared to death. And uh, but, you know, at the end of the day if you don't do it, you know, you gotta take a chance. And so far, man, it's been it's been a blessing in disguise and I've took it and just ran with it as hard as I can.
0: Yeah, and it was almost, I guess, kind of a a different vibe for you because you you loved the hunting passion, and then you got into doing it professionally. And I mean, this year alone, how many states did you you hunt in?
2: Well, man, honestly, uh, the corona really kind of slowed me down to a certain extent, Uh, and then that big hurricane messed us up because usually we start in Tennessee. We got rained out in Tennessee, uh, but usually we hunt 10 states, um this year was kind of different we just kind of had to roll the punches and do best we could with that but we ended up having a probably the best year i've ever had i had to work forever every bit of it and i had a little uh encouragement from this guy named alex in illinois that Said, man i knew that guy I used to kill a lot of stuff he ain't really doing no good this year and kind of lit a fire up under me and i went and killed everything that i've seen after that. <laughs> oh yeah i, jab- I jabbed you <laughs> over there at the <laughs> Yeah, that's when them
3: pump your brakes moment.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we we saw you there. I know Cody and I pulled up behind you at the McDonald's, and Cody said, "Dang, I think that's Matt sitting there." And he was he was blowing the horn and messing we, and you was probably thinking, "Who is these jokers?" <laughs> and then we saw you, and it was all smiles from there. So, and well, see, well, see, that's
2: the thing, though. I get that a lot, and I don't know. Them. You know what I'm saying? Right, and when that was going on, I was like, "Oh Lord, you know <laughs> what's going, or who's this? Who's this idiot? You know, or who's this person? What they want?" It was just two know? idiots I'm that just, you know this time. <laughs> just so good idiots. So I know. I like you, idiots. You
0: know. Well, so, so you know, you got into it uh, about five years ago. So, take me back. You know, to the to the beginning of your hunting career. I mean, was it something that you know you had? Uh, uh, you know family member got you into or, or you know who really got you into the hunting world
2: man to be you, i'd say pretty much my i don't think it was really one person i'll have to include all of them because i drug every one of them through the woods when i was little and i met my mama my papa my mama my daddy i killed my first deer when i was eight years old sitting in a ladder standing in my daddy's lap with a 20-gauge shotgun i'll never forget it it got up there and and he said, The deer's gonna come from straight or to the right. And I said, Yes, sir. And we were sitting there chewing sunflower seeds. And I looked to the left and I seen a, a leg on the ridge and I said, Daddy, there's a deer. Ain't no deer coming from that way, boy, shut up. <laughs> and then, you know back then, you know, yes, sir. And about that time, sure enough, there come this deer down off the ridge. And I said, See told you And uh and man it just kinda went from there, you know, and and then uh I shot that deer and it was he's gonna kill me for saying this, but he shot the same deer about two weeks prior. And he came in the house that night, me and my mom, my little sister was playing a joke on him. Like we wasn't home, you know, we was hiding from him. He comes in, dude, and he looks like Rocky Balboa after a fight. His old face is all <laughs> bloodied up and that old seven mag scope gun took his nose off and uh he hit that deer in the leg, and that was a deer I shot and killed, and I'll never forget walking up to it. I looked at him and said, dang, Daddy, I killed a deer you couldn't kill.
0: <laughs> Done one-up uh, the old man. <laughs>
2: Done got up on him, you know.
0: Well, and I know that, you know, thinking back to those times, even now with the, the success you're having going to all these other states, I'm sure it still resonates very well with you and, and still means as much as any of the hunts you have today going back to those hunts when you first got started.
2: Oh, yeah, man, 100%. I think, you know, y'all you are Georgia boys. Y'all know how tough it is hunting down here. It's not easy. And I've been blessed. I got the county record in Randolph County, I think, 10 times over, and the Carroll County record one time over. And I've killed a lot of good deer down here, and they all been with bows. And uh, I think it helps me being a better hunter, knowing how to adapt and how to, to read the woods better. When I go to the Midwest, you can you can figure it out a whole lot quicker than the majority of the people because where we grew up at and how tough it was hunting on us when we go up there it's like and don't get me wrong now it's still tough it's still a it's still a game you got to put the pieces to the puzzle together but for some reason just from where we come from how tough it was when you go up there it just kind of clicks with you and say okay just like this year which i'm not going to get into that yet but you know, you can make the right moves at the right time and, and be one step ahead of the deer So, you know, vice versa.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And going into, you know, what you said about this year, think back a little bit to when you first got started to where you are now. What's been the biggest challenge, you, you know, you, in your mind for you?
2: I'd say the biggest challenge is uh, not – letting myself down i don't care what anybody thinks of me i want to be i meant i know this sounds stupid and y'all can probably relate to this you always want to be better than you was the day before you're not you're not making no progress and in my head the only person i'm against is myself and Good to i even look at it one, and that's just the way I've always been in ball and race and dirt track. I mean, anything I've ever done, i played against myself. Because I know at the end of the day, I'm not better than nobody else. But, daggum, I'm just as good and ain't nobody going to outwork me. And, you know, that's what drives me to be better and better every day. And then, you know, just like when I first got started. And I still do this. And before y'all called me, I was in there looking at footage um, from this past hunt, you know and I can tell how much different different the footage is with not only the camera equipment that I've been blessed to use now compared to when I got started, but just the experience level comes in and you know how you know more how to I guess run the script and keep it real as possible than you know just going out there on a limb and trying to do the best you can. It's a learning curve.
0: Right, and and I'm sure it gives you you know a unique set of challenges as we've heard from from some others with the filming aspect of it because you're you're doubling doubling everything at that point when you get out there it's not just about you at that point you've got to have your cameraman on point and we were fortunate enough to meet you know I, th- I think it was Matt Turpin uh, in yep. Illinois with you this year and Matt had a very very charismatic charismatic attitude about him that he wanted to be as successful capturing the footage as you were at taking the deer.
2: Oh yeah. And, and at the end of the day, man, and, and you and Cody spammed each other at the end of the day, that man sitting beside me has got to be just as much as a killer as I am. Because if he's not, guess what? I can't do my
3: job. Hey man, he's this got i he, I'm sorry. Do okay. what? I was just, go, ahead. Go, ahead. go ahead. Hey, this is Nick. Um, hey man I was hey, gonna ask you a question going back to the guy that you said that first film that you met at the um hotel motel whatever you stayed in <laughs> um that guy was was he the one that really got you into filming had you even thought about filming before when you're up there hunting or were you're up there just hunting on good ground I just trying just, to get up open young
2: I was just up there hunting man having a good old time you know and and I will say he He's probably the main, the only reason I'm doing what I'm doing now. You know, everybody dreams about doing it,
1: right?
2: but he, he helped me and with our connections we made while we was together and the stuff I learned, I just, you know, kept learning and kept putting the pieces to the puzzle together and just kept climbing and grinding it out, you know? And that's what a lot of people don't understand. They'll try to do it, but man, it takes so much. I mean, it takes, it consumes your life. You, you never have a day off. You never have a day off.
3: Well, that was going to that was going be my next question was, how many days did you spend – how many days do you spend in the stand, do you think, in the years – in that year's time with that cameraman in that deer season?
2: Man, we're wide open from the end of August till right now, like every day. And I will say this, though, early season – I think eighty percent of the time we only hunt evens, but during the you know, the morning hours to the time we're going hunting, we're shooting content or we're shooting, you know, product shots or doing promos for sponsors or we're, you know, separating content or, you know, my producers putting together videos for social media or pictures or you know, we're always doing something. There's never no downtime. You just ain't sitting around twiddling your fingers, you know, you know, watching uh, you know, TV or something like that. I mean, we're steadily doing something. And a lot of people, you know, I always say that my producers is my lineman. If they're not doing – and I'm the quarterback. If they're not doing their job, I can't play ball.
3: Right, right, right.
2: And, and they're the they're the forefront of, of my success because without my team, I can't do it all myself. Yeah, I can – And, uh, you I, know, I mean, I, my hat is off to them and I brag on them and I try to take good – you know, best possible care, and I try not to try not to work them too hard. <laughs> but you know, it is what it is. I mean, it, it's a job. I mean, it, it becomes a job.
1: Yeah, I can I can definitely attest to how hard y'all work uh, just from seeing y'all the last few years in uh, in Illinois. Because I know y'all are, y'all are grinding, and you know Matt, you know, was your cameraman this year, and, and seeing him. I mean, even when we were that little bit of time during the middle of the day when we were at the shop standing around, he was over there messing with camera gear, getting stuff ready. You know, y'all were already getting ready for the evening. He was he was actively taking pictures. I mean, y'all are always, it seems like you're always doing something, you know. And um, oh, yeah. and he definitely seemed in tune, like y'all, you know, with with the system that y'all have in place. So This first year for oh, yeah. Matt filming for you, correct? It,
2: it is, it is. And I mean, we have agenda. I mean, we have a spreadsheet we go by like, We'll sit, we'll sit down and say, okay, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday is this, sponsor this, this, and this, and we'll target that. Get it done, knock it out. And then, you know, the rest of the week, we'll target other stuff. So we're set, not sitting there spinning our wheels and wasting the time on the same thing. And a lot of stuff a lot of people overlook is everything's seasonal on social media because it's so big now. Right. And so just say, if, you know, we got a awesome summertime pictures or prep work, but we're in November and we don't got no November stuff. Guess what? That crap ain't no good to them sponsors. and ain't making them no money. They need stuff seasonal. So as we're doing it, we got to be shooting them, making Google drives and getting it to them within a day or two, you know, span. And, uh, and man, it gets stressful because when you got more than two or three people calling you wanting this and wanting that, man, you get to- I mean, it, you get spaced out on it, and but you know that's their job, and we—I think—I think we handle it very well, and I will say our content's on point, and we do. My guys do a very, very good job doing that.
1: I got a question, Matt, and this is kind of to get—it's—it's it's not a serious question. It's more just for me. I'm curious to okay. think back a couple years ago when me and Alex first rolled into camp. I want to know. <laughs> your first impressions you walk in i'll I'll never forget when you walked in we had you had been hunting and we got there and we were unloading our stuff and you come walking in and i still remember your face covered in black paint but i want to know what your first impression of these two tall lanky rednecks standing there in the kitchen was
2: well, to be honest with you, Alex, I thought he talked too much. <laughs> 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 Have you ever heard yourself? <laughs> I know. I know. Oh. I, I there we I still love you. Don't get me wrong. Oh, that's awesome. It, 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 and I keep it real. You know I keep it real. And but no, I mean honestly, out of that whole season, after knowing y'all for five minutes, that was the the one or two other days I got to stay there with y'all. That was probably the funnest camp I was in. Yeah. Hands down. I, mean, and <laughs> I bet you was thinking, look, I wish you would just shut up
3: for a minute.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, I mean, and a lot of people overlook this, and y'all can relate. It don't matter how good the hunting is. If the camp of, how would I say this? If the the camp of. Atmosphere. There you go. That's what I was, atmosphere. It's not no good. Dude, it's a miserable trip. And at the end of the day, the, the camp surroundings makes the trip. It makes the memories. And then if you got a positive vibe in camp, guess what? Everybody's gonna feel something. Everybody's gonna have opportunity at something. Absolutely. It, I mean, that's just the way. That's just the way it works. And man, I've been around some of the best camps, and I've been around some of the worst camps. And there's nothing no worse that makes my job more tough than being around a negative camp.
0: Yeah, and, and I you, guess that does feed no into fun. it.
2: It's no fun.
0: So if you go, you know, back in your memory bank and uh think about the best camps that you've had, what, mm-hmm. you know, what one camp that you've been in, you know, resonates the best in your memory? Of of where you've been, where you've had the most success from the time you got there to the time you leave, not necessarily the deer hunting, but you know, I know you've spent a great deal of time in Kentucky this year with those guys, yeah. and you know, does it rank up there as one of the best you've been in, or, or is there one that sticks out in your mind from from all the way back to when you was a kid? I don't I don't care where it was or when it was, just that one camp that you've been in that sticks out the most.
2: Uh, don't get me wrong, my Kentucky boys, at one fatal mistake, I'm at. I think of them as brothers. Um, I love them boys to death, and we always have a good time. But the one that sticks out the most to me would probably be my first year ever doing this at in Kentucky at uh, Isom Saps place, and uh, it will. And to this day, the guys I met up there are still some, or I would say some of my best friends, uh, Anthony and. Uh, Morris and, uh, my good buddy Trey, he, uh, he passed away, uh, last year. And, uh, my buddy Jake was with me. And everybody shot a good deer. And man, we had a ball. And it was just, you know, like us hanging out. And, it, and back then it was new to me. That was the first really camp I guess I've ever been in. And I guess that's why it sticks out so much. But I learned, you know, every year changes. And, one year it might be just awesome. And then the next year when you come back, it's not the same. And, uh, that's the only, you know, crappy part about it. Nothing stays the same on it. People right. come and go with outfitters at work there, you know, and you get real tied in or close to people that help them or their employees. And then, you know, they end up leaving or get a better job opportunity and they leave. And then it's like, you know, that missing links there. And, uh, you're like, man, it's not the
1: same. Yeah. So rolling kind of off of that, off Deer Camp, what would you say? Because I mean, you've traveled everywhere. I mean, across the Midwest and everything. What is your favorite? What is your favorite state to hunt by far?
2: Oh Lord! Oh,
1: uh, you gotta pick one.
2: It was Kentucky, it was Kentucky till this
1: year. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh,
2: I would say Kentucky because. And the reason that is, that's where I cut my teeth at on the, my first out-of-state hunting, okay. and I consider it like my home dirt, man. It's just something. It's just a. It just holds a special place to my heart, and uh, but man, they're all great. I mean, every one of my go-to's awesome, or I wouldn't go to them.
1: Yeah, and I wouldn't.
2: You know, I mean, that's every one of them's got a special place in my heart. But probably Kentucky, I would say, it has got probably
1: the biggest because it's where i cut my teeth out on out of state hunting
2: yeah and i understand i think it kind of opened the doors up to what i'm doing now because if i'd never went
3: i would never been doing this and that hey uh, matt this is nick again that was kind of going to be i'm i'm kind of glad you said that because i was going to bounce back to what you was talking about earlier about the you guys first started off in 2015 is that right with river country outfitters yes sir yeah and, and then you and then when did Kind of tell us when that when that started to when it started the game and how you guys got that name.
2: Uh, Man, I racked my brain. It's, we started the game in 2018 in August. And, like, we literally just started it out on a limb. And didn't have no sponsors, didn't have nothing. Like, absolutely nothing. And I'll never forget, I told Steven, I said, if you want to, I said, I said, we can just front the money to do it this year and, you know, get some content built up and, you know, pray to good Lord that it works. And I guess the good Lord knew we needed it. And we picked up several sponsors between August and deer season. Now, and a lot of people don't know this, but everything's done a year in advance in the hunting industry. Like I'm doing all my stuff, like I shot this year for next year. Right. And then right now, I'm doing all my contract deals for this coming up year. And everything's usually done budgeted out by the end of February. Or in some companies, you know, they're done budgeted out by January. And uh, you do all your deals at the ATA, which would have been last week, but it got canceled because of the coronavirus. But uh, a lot of people don't understand how that works. And it may need to mess you up because, I mean, you'll be with one person, or get hooked on this and then all of a sudden, you know, you gotta flip and do something else. Everything's a year in advance. And it's that's the only thing I really don't like about it. Right. Because there's so much stuff changes within that year, you know, you ain't got no control over it.
3: How how did you guys get the how did you guys come now you said what was that guy's that, you said the guy that came from River Country Outfitters? Did he follow you to the game?
2: Uh no, he did not. Uh I started the game by myself and Steven Tucker. Uh, he's actually the current world record holder out of the good state of Tennessee, and uh, he w- he was with me for the first year, and uh, me and him, we had a smash mouth year. I think we killed 1,200 inches of bone between me and him or both, and uh, we was just on a roll, and he had a little baby come up coming on the way, and he was in the process of building a house and just a lot of stuff going on and changing some stuff around, and he just couldn't he couldn't handle it doing that and this, and he stepped away. And uh, which I, I still talk to him. seemed like every other week, you know, we're still good buddies. But he just couldn't handle everything going on, and and I just kind of took over the reins, you know.
3: Yeah, that's a pretty good buck he killed. I think we've all seen yeah. that one. <laughs> <laughs> That's a decent He's one. A man
2: I, yeah, the day the day he killed that deer, I shot a one sixty eight mainframe eight in Missouri at two yards. My camera or my producer, Colton McManus, shot a one fifty eight with my bow five minutes later after I shot that deer. And then Steven calls me that morning, about the same time I shot my deer, he shot that deer. And uh it was it was a cool day. Now mine wasn't no three hundred and fifteen inches, but I was pretty jacked with my, you know, little one sixty that I shot it two yards. <laughs> a little one
3: sixty.
2: Yeah. And uh it's hard to compete when You ride around with a world record truck,
3: you know. You done thought you one up your buddy, didn't you? Oh yeah,
2: he come back strong, (laughs) real strong, (laughs) real strong.
0: Oh, so you know, we mentioned earlier, Matt. You know, you're with scent lock, and it's been a you know a vital part of your arsenal as far as your equipment goes. I want to know about your scent control regiment. You know, you run through a very very, I guess, complex series of of Uses with scent lock and everything that you use, but you know, kind of talk me through what your regimen is as far as scent lock goes.
2: Man, I always how I start out and, and I have to drill it into my guy or whoever's with my producers, and usually it's Matt. Um, we start off, you know, I always a lot of people overlook this, but that carbon you pr- you're supposed to dry it before you go hunt and it activate that, it acts to activate the carbon. And uh, you know, that that creates what it's supposed to do. And uh to help lock that scent in and we always base layer up. I never get dressed till I get to where I'm going. And always um I have a um, the Oz the big Oz bag. I always cook my hunting clothes before I go. And uh I get dressed at the tailgate of my truck and uh I never I never get dressed, I just feel I just feel like I'm breaking the law. If I go in somewhere and I got my hunting clothes on or my boots on, like I just, I don't, I'm not going to do it. And uh, like, I'll go in that Joker barefooted before I walk into a store with my boots on. I just ain't going to do it. <laughs> I've always been like, you know, I mean, I just, I'm just, i not going to do it. And, and I, you know, I spray down with the, the blackout from high times. Um, they, I just started working with them this year and it's a very, very good product. I've had a lot of success with it. And then, I got my nose down scents. I use a lot of their common sense And a lot of people overlook that. They just think it's another deer urine. But what it's designed to do, it's got multiple deer glands into one bottle. And then I'll soak my boots down with uh, the calm down. And just to kind of to put that scenario out there that there's a lot of deer in the area, or been deer in the area, so they won't pick up on my boot tracks, you know. And it's just, a, I've had a lot of luck with it, and it's just a... I've just, you got to, at the end of the day, if you can't fool the nose, you're not going to kill them.
1: That's right. That's right.
2: Yeah. And well, you just got to do everything in your power to, to try to beat that joker.
1: Do you, now this well, kind of rolls back. We had a question earlier in one of the episodes kind of talking about sick control, and I'm just going to ask you real quick. Do you Do you use yeah. a lot of. Do you use a lot of deer scent though during the attracting urine. urine and so forth? Uh, might mock scrape stuff like that. Do you use a lot of that stuff, Matt?
2: Oh yes, yeah. well, I'm a mock scrape junkie, dude. I love mock scrapes. Um, I'll start making them actually in August. I'll make them during summertime, and a lot of people, a lot of people don't know this, but just like you know, we're, when we're hunting the Midwest on big bean fields or cornfields, and you see these gnarly scrape lines, well a big mature buck and y'all get y'all's pen and notepad out because y'all want to do this when y'all go back up there.
0: Hold the phone, pump your brakes. Yeah, Matt Jenner's about to know. drop that insider info. So, hey. <laughs> This, this pump your brake moment road. brought to you by Southeast <laughs> Wildlife Innovations. <laughs> Chandler and Allen down in the old, good old Covington, Georgia, will set you up with supreme feeds and attracts. Matt's a pro staff for them as well. So, Matt, excuse me for interrupting interrupted you there, but I had to get that in there.
2: I, I, the I, set, I set it up perfect for you, didn't I? <laughs>
0: hey, teed it up, son. <laughs> teed it up.
2: <laughs> but a mature buck, man, you know, you got these big soybean fields and big corn fields. And, man, it's hard to, and, you know, just like us, we're not always up there where we can glass right. and I've come to realize a big mature buck will always, always come back to that community scrape on those fields. And if you put your trail camera up on one of those scrapes and if you can find that community scrape, dude, you'll have every big buck on your property. During the summertime, I'm coming by taking that scrape hmm. and what I'll do, I'll take me, you know, like the little marking tape or something, or I'll even take a little flag and put it in the ground you know, next to it to market. So i remember where it's at because everything always looks different when you go back from fall to summer. And uh, I'll start doctoring them scrapes up, man, and, and just kind of get them rejuvenated back up and dude, it, they'll light up and you will be surprised what kind of deer activity you will have on those scrapes during the summertime. It'll blow your mind.
0: Yeah, and that's definitely something that a lot of people have reached out to us and we've asked, and I, I'm, you know, I'm always wanting to try new things and something we've had several people mention is the different regiments they do with making mock scrapes i love making mock scrapes during the rut or even freshening one up i've had great success with that and now hearing that you're doing it early season that gives me something else to put in the in the old tool bag because i've never used i've never done them early season before so
2: oh yeah man if you can ever if you can ever get a scrape fired up early season you will kill a giant early season off. That's great. So is, I've seen it. The trail cameras. And if you get that little cold snap or cool snap coming in, you better be in the stand ready to rock and roll because they're one's going to slip up and he's going to come by you. I've done it, and when I wasn't there, my trail cameras told me, and it made me sick. But I mean, it works, and it's something different that a lot of people overlook. You know, they're waiting till or November, and in my opinion is. I want to be hitting those scrapes hard from, you know, August to, you know, mid October. That's when you're going to capitalize on your scrape, on your, I guess, you know, your setup for your scrape hunting to kill one off a scrape. Because after that, that first wave of hot doughs come in, them jokers, them scrapes kind of go cold for a little bit until that dough goes out of estrus and then they'll come back. And if you're lucky enough to be sitting there, they're going to check it to see if another hot dog comes in. It's just like a, you know, social media for us. They're checking that scrape. That's their Facebook to see who's in the area and what status they're in, you know?
3: Right, right. Yeah, I got a question for him. Um, so I guess going off what you're just saying, I guess early season is your favorite time to be in the woods?
2: Oh, uh, yes, to a certain extent. Man I, like, man, I like day one just as good as I like the last day only part about the last day, I'm sad because it's over.
3: Most success for you so far?
2: I'd say all of them, honestly.
3: Yeah, yeah. I got another question uh, leading off of that real quick. You had one day to hunt, and I know people. some people talk about this around camp and stuff. One day out of the year to hunt, one physical date year,
0: what day would it be?
2: September 1st. <laughs>
0: Yeah, because you you said your favorite state uh, yep. is, is Kentucky, so I guess that going after a big velvet deer up there uh, early season, yep. that's, that makes sense.
2: And I'll tell y'all boys something. Everybody loves November. Don't get me wrong. I love November just as much as the next hunter. But there is no harder time to hunt than November. Yeah, yeah. Them deer, they will stress you out. Y'all boys know it. Just as good as I do. You can't pattern them. No, you you just, can't. You you, you just got to sit there, and and grind it
3: out. You're right, but I think most most um, like for myself and Alex and and Cody and some of the other people we've had on, that's kind of the week that we get to choose. So that's the week oh, yeah. we do choose. You know, okay. if and, and we okay. could probably we could probably get better about running some trail cameras and getting those deer pattern and go with that. So I know what you're saying. It's it's
2: tough, and that deer you get attached to usually. Some redneck down the road that hunts one day a year goes out and kills it. Yeah, I've, I've seen it a hundred times, you know, and and that's just the way the cookie crumbles. You can't do nothing
0: about it. So you went into the, you know the 2019 season, or I guess this would be 2020 season, with mm-hmm. uh, with a you know a, a real, I, I guess a big showing following up last year. You had good success in you know Illinois,
1: uh, Missouri, uh, Texas, Kentucky, Kansas. Did you did you have Didn't you, where did you go last year after Illinois? Didn't you go, did you go to Kansas?
2: Uh, yeah, I went to Kansas, killed a good one out there.
0: That's right. So you had a great year last year and coming into 2020, you know.
2: The the pressure was on.
0: Yeah, exactly. And so we saw you in November. We follow you, you know, on all the social media platforms and we followed you all the way up to, you know, November when we ran into you up there. It'd been a drag on you up to that point.
2: Yeah. I've been taking absolutely butt whipping. And and a lot of it had to do with weather. And COVID played do, into it, I know, for you as well. COVID messed me up, but I'm, I'm not that guy to blame stuff. But, I mean, it did have an effect on me to a certain extent. Um, but the weather really the, – the weather beat me worse than anything because we always start out in Tennessee. Um, then that's when that big hurricane comes through. Man, we got rained out didn't like didn't get to do nothing i mean it absolutely just come down downpour and then we hop on the plane and go to bear camp and um, up there to my man tony d's at 40 out which is an awesome place and that's that's a fun camp to be in tony d's one of a kind man he is he's good stuff and got a lot of big bear and he had this bear pop up on camera we nicknamed man and he was a absolute giant and tony had it drilled in my head we're going to hunt this bear because I killed a big Pope and Young out there the year before.
0: What state is and, that in, Matt?
2: Uh, it's in Minnesota. You can literally throw a rock and just about hit Canada. Okay. And uh, okay. it's it's a very, very remote, awesome place. And uh, if you've never bear hunted, it's, it's a adrenaline rush that you can't put in a bottle. It's, it's by far the most shook I've ever been I believe and I've done a lot of cool stuff hunting and adrenaline rush but that right there buddy will get your heart something.
0: So you're up there chasing man and did you have an opportunity at him?
2: I never or when, when we got up there he went to go check the trail camera and two or three days prior he has a baiting pattern he goes on. Every two or three days he baits and he baits the same spots at a certain time and he went to go bait that spot uh, right before I got there and the trail camera was eat. <laughs> so, you know, there's your sign right there. So he's there. And uh, so our plane land – or we land and everything. And I called and he said, hey, I'm about to go check that camera and see if it's hit again. Well, the camera didn't work. So now we don't know if that bears in the area or not. But he, he had been there. And there was another big uh, – a big shooter in there. And uh, – but I really wanted – I was set on man and he was just man a big old blockhead seven probably seven and a half foot black bear and you don't see that a lot like he was just an absolute monster and uh, we went in there the first evening and I passed one one small bear that wasn't a shooter and then two Pope and, Youngs. and um and I texted Tony and he said man he said you know and our game plan was hunt man for two to three days because i was there for five and then if that don't pan out we'll just go shoot something right we can go get on a good bear and lo and behold we've done that the first day and then that hurricane followed us up there and pretty much shut us out to the last day and i went in to a uh we call it the slam dunk spot there's always bear hitting it and uh we got in there like uh, 10 10 o'clock maybe and we're sitting there and it's one o'clock and oh, uh, Turpin snoozing on me—he's—he's he's give out. Oh no, and, he's done trying to catch uh, a it nap. Was, <laughs> it, was, it was a rough set for him. He was <laughs> he was in this little crooked tree, and it was—it was pretty rough. It wasn't—it by far it wasn't no comfortable set. And I hear something. I look over my left shoulder. And here comes my dream bear—a dream bear, just a giant chocolate mega, just brood of a bear—and swings around It's to left, coming. I bump him and uh, comes around. And all of a sudden I hear I'm getting ready, you know, getting focused. I went in the kill kill mode on on that bear. When I hear something and I look directly under my platform and there's four little six-month-old cubs. And I'm like, man, you got to be kidding me. And one was a cinnamon, one was a chocolate, and another one was a chocolate with a cinnamon face. And then the other one was the black. And they come in there, and we had put a birthday cake in the jump hop. And, man, they put on a show, dude. Just had icing all over them. I mean, it had gnarly footage of it. They was licking on the GoPro. I mean, just, you know, having a good time. And I was sitting there going, I can't shoot that mama bear. I just, I can't do it. And uh, I hung my bow up, and I sat there and watched them for probably two hours. And I will tell y'all boys this, and it's on it's on camera. Y'all see it when it airs. A uh, chipmunk or something made some noise in the woods beside us, and buddy, them cubs shot, and they're in our laps.
1: Ah, oh, same tree.
2: I mean, yes, I mean close <laughs> enough. Close enough, <laughs> close enough to <laughs> say that. It's close enough. And Mama Bear comes up on her back feet. And I felt about a centimeter tall, and I about went through the back of that oak tree I was sitting in, because we were seven yards from the chum pile. And I've never felt so small and helpless in my life. But, buddy, she got big quick. Mm. And I looked at Matt, and Matt looked at me, and he said, "He said, he said she's huge." And I said, "Yes, she's a seven footer." And uh, and you know we're in a twelve foot ladder stand, so we're pretty much (laughs) eye level with her when she comes up. Nah. And, uh, it was, it, it got, it was, it got me tore up and they finally went back to eating and, uh, and I could have shot her and the Cubs wasn't in frame and nobody would have ever known it. but I just couldn't, I just couldn't do it. It wasn't the right thing to do, you know?
3: Yeah. And what, I- what did the outfitter tell you if, 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 if I guess the stuff hit the fan out there, what was the, what was the solution?
2: He told me it, it was my call.
3: I got gotcha. you,
2: and and the only reason he told me that because he knew I'd make the right one. <laughs>
3: right, right. Yeah. I'm sure there's. I'm sure, of were, I'm sure you were. I'm sure you're almost in that situation. <laughs> well, when she come up on them back legs. <laughs> Was you like, were saying, pump your brakes. You yeah. <laughs> that was my pump my brakes moment.
1: I'm, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, if that would have happened to me, there would have been no amount of scent control that could have hid. <laughs> I'd have had to I leave the woods.
2: About, <laughs> oh, I had. we had one bear uh, the first day. I could have shot him a thousand times. And he gets on my boot track. And uh, he comes to the ladder stand. He's looking up at me in the ladder stand. I'm like, all right, buddy, I didn't, I spared you now. Don't push you up. <laughs> and he started wanting to come up the, the ladder with me. And the ladder I'm in ain't the the stoutest ladder, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and this old ladder's bowing. And and next thing I know, Matt's got one hand on my head, leaned over with <laughs> the big camera pointed down, trying to get it. And uh, and he got about, I guess, three steps up. And I'm like, all right, buddy, that's enough now. Shoo, shoo. And, uh, finally he, yeah, finally he went back down the tree and eased off, you know, but, you know, you see that stuff, man, but until you're sitting there, you can't explain it. Yeah, so
1: you, know? you,
0: you had an awesome bear hunt, and that's really oh, yeah, early season for you, and so you, you yep. roll into, you know, you roll into Illinois, and we won't, I don't even want to go into the story that. You Kentucky. know, uh, man, I know you've talked about that enough, and I, and I don't even want to go into that. People can follow on your social media platform with, you know, your your chase, a, a night stalker, and go through all that with you. And But, you know, you, you roll through that lull period basically in the year for you. You come into yep. Illinois with really, you know, you, your tags in your pocket. Yeah, I yeah mean, go and, you got the pressure it, on you at that point.
2: Oh yeah, and you know, looking back at the the previous season, I'd done killed a one hundred and fifty, a one hundred and forty, and another one hundred and forty, and a Pope and young bear. You know, I'd done killed four or five animals by October.
0: So you, October. but I will say this, and, and I and I'm I'm prefacing this so people understand, you know, your mentality you didn't have a negative attitude going into it, coming into Illinois when we ran into you. You didn't have a negative connotation of where you'd been. You were almost excited talking about the story. You know, you chasing that buck in Kentucky. You come into Illinois, and we run into you over there, and I did. I I, I got on you a little bit. I'm like, come on, killer, where you at? Let's go, hammer. I want to get – and then the next thing you know, (laughs) we're up there with you. And, you know, at the same time, and and you hammer a great buck up there after we had already left. I mean, we would already got out of there. But from there, it went into, what what was after Illinois for you as far as success?
2: Uh, We went to Illinois, had that good hunt up there, and uh, went to Missouri, hunted there for like two days, plowed a good one up there, and went, come back home for Thanksgiving, uh, went to uh, Oklahoma to a piece of property I've never seen. Uh, My buddy uh, Justin. He hooked me up with this guy down there. Um, I think uh, Eric and them had hunted the property. He shot a good buck off of it, and uh, he got me hooked up down there. And man, we roll into Oklahoma, and I don't, and I've never set foot on Oklahoma. I've never hunted Oklahoma. I ain't got a clue. And it's you know fresh out of gun season. I think the last day of gun season is when we rolled in, and uh, I knew the odds was against us, but my back was against the wall. And I got so many shows I got to produce, and I didn't, you know, I didn't have no option but to go. I had to make something happen. And I was excited as a real, man. I was like a little kid in a candy store, you know, first time going in a candy store, first time on Oklahoma Dirt, man. I was was excited, and then the next thing I know, a blizzard comes by, (laughs) and we caught every bit of it.
0: Yeah, y'all were in and, uh, y'all were in sub or uh, down near zero
1: temperatures with that blizzard as well, right? Yeah, oh, I, me- I remember dude, seeing the yeah. the post y'all were posting of y'all walking around the snow, and I was like, what? "Did they move to a different oh, yeah. state? Like, what happened?" Yeah, dude, it
2: was it was brutal. I, I mean, it was absolutely brutal. I, I think it snowed, I'd say probably two foot, three foot. I mean, it was almost up to my knees in some places, and uh, and it was cold, buddy. I mean, it was you know anywhere from. 0 degrees to the high maybe 20 and then you got to you know put in the wind factor on top of that too and we're bow hunting and I mean, it was it was it was a challenge
0: man Was Turpin with you in Oklahoma?
2: He sure was. He sure was and he hung in there with me.
0: Yeah, so they I know never we,
2: They never complain.
0: We talked to Eric about you know uh, his stand selection there, and and you, you you and I spoke about it. You know you got to kind of be picky and choosy on what trees you get in, and you got you got in a tree, and I heard you talk about it prior that you know, y- on another show that you, you guys got in and and y'all had really got goose egg the first couple of days there before you got into you know seeing deer and getting successful.
2: Oh yeah, man, it was like the first. The first two days we hunted, I think we saw two deer, and uh, the guy that we was hunting with or that had helped me get on this property, um, he told me, he said, man, he said, I got another piece of property. He said, it's got a pretty good amount of deer on it. And he said, I was really thinking that that property you was on, and I could tell, you know, and a lot of people just try to take advantage of you or just want something from me, but I could tell this guy was legit. And he was good as gold, and, you know, he didn't he didn't want nothing from me. He just wanted to help me. And uh, he said, man, I got this spot down here. He said, let's go check it out. He said, I don't know if there's no giants down here. I said, sir, I said, right now, I said, just as long as we can see some deer in this cold temps, I said, that will help us set and, you know, give us a little bit of ump to sit there a little bit longer. And uh, he took us over this spot, and I think it was pretty close to where Eric shot his deer at on the first set and but the way the terrain was if you'd have been there prior to actually look at it and set it up because i'm on a time frame i got i got to be moving i got to be going
0: yeah you're crunched
2: yeah like i'm crunched like i got three days till i get to texas and me and him set up two chum piles with the attract throughout Southeast wildlife innovations and that played a huge huge role that and uh I was topping it off with uh, deer 30 mineral and uh, we set up one spot and man it just wasn't, it wasn't a deal. And I got to looking at the map and, you know, the, your roots come back to you. Just like we were talking about earlier, you know, where we come from, how tough it was hunting and you can adapt. Well, I got looking, you know, well, when Eric and him was there, it was the rut. It was gun season. Well, I'm here late season. These deer done got shot up. The you know, they're hunting. It's cold. And I got a stick and a string in my hand. And so I look, and across the road where we where we drive in at, there's a huge wheat field. And I seen it driving in, and it, it clicked with me, but it didn't click with me, you know. And I got to looking at it, and me and that guy, we set up a jump pile over there with the tracks, And I didn't put a camera up on it. I didn't have one with me. And uh, I was having some other deer at the other, other spot, but not a lot. A lot of them was in dark. And the second evening we come out from hunting there, I told Matt, I dropped the pin on it. I said, dude, I said, we got to find that. I said, help me find I said, maybe we can find that chump. I said, I got to put this camera up on it. I said, we got to do something, man. I said, this, this ain't what I had in mind, you know. And, uh, sure enough, we, we found it and it was getting hammered, like absolutely hammered. And, uh, I put a, uh, a t- a, the tactic camera, veal camera up and, uh, within 20 minutes of it, Sitting there, bam! There was a buck on there. Bam! There's another buck on there. And dude, it was just like ching 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 ching, like jackpot, buddy! Time to rock and roll, you know. And uh, and when we put the chum pile out, it was just in this giant bowl. And there's not many trees in Oklahoma to hunt in. you gotta, the way I like to do it is set the trap up where you could actually hunt it instead of putting odds in their favor. If that makes sense.
0: Oh, absolutely! And
2: uh, so I picked the tree out before I picked my chum pile out, you know, and and it was, it wasn't the best tree by no means. That sucker was crooked, and it was big. And I went to Walmart and I bought me some screw-in tips because my straps wouldn't fit around it. And I think on my stand we had we had to put two big ratchet straps together to hang the set. And on top of that, we have no cover were maybe 10 foot off the ground and we got two people sitting up there with you know $40,000 worth of camera equipment Right, and it's it's snowing and you know we made the right moves at the right time and we got in their wheelhouse buddy and it got it got nasty after that
0: (laughs) so you 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 wound up taking a great buck in Oklahoma you got this deer on the ground you you know, you've set yourself up, you know, basically back in motion where you would like to have been at the beginning of the season.
2: Oh, yeah, man. Everything happened different this year. Everything that happened at the beginning of the season last year happened at the end of the season
0: this year. And so you've got – after November. Right, so you've got that vibe going back for you, and you basically got your groove back. You drive into Texas and, I mean,
1: smoke a – what? Hold
2: on now, hold on now, pump your brakes. Pump your
1: brakes. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad somebody's here to I, pump his brakes for a change.
2: I shot, I shot two bucks in Oklahoma.
0: Oh, oh,
1: oh. well,
2: excuse, but pump my brakes, indeed. <laughs> pump, your brakes. pump your brakes, pump your brakes, and I shot them back to back days, and I would have shot um, the first deer I killed. I was that full draw on another buck. And it was so cold, my big camera went all bars. It, it shut down. It was so cold.
0: Oh yeah, I remember and you I'll, talking about that. So yeah, talk talk me through that little scenario with with what did Turpin uh, have to do to get it going?
2: I don't I don't know what kind of prayer he said because I was about to kill him because I was <laughs> in a you know you know it, you 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 put yourself in my shoes. You're at full draw. It's cold, as cold can be. You're about to freeze to death. When you grab your bow, you feel like needles is going through your hands. It's so cold, man. And finally, you get an opportunity, and it's about to go down. This deer's at 28 yards. Got his head buried in the attract, and then your producer goes, no, the camera just went bars, and I'm like, man, this ain't time to be joking, bud. You know, and
0: when and you say bars, that means the camera went basically went blank.
2: Yep. All right. Just like you're watching your T V and something messes up and it goes blue and streaks with the color bars, that's that's what that that's what that did.
3: Gotcha. Is it because and it was so I, cold out there?
2: Matt? It was so cold. It was probably eight degrees that day, man. It was cold. It was very cold.
1: So and he so he messes around with it, I guess, and somehow. Well, I uh, told you,
2: I, I to be honest with you, I don't I think I told him to put hot hands on it to fire it back up to get the temperature back right because then bigger cameras has to run at a certain temperature it runs better because you know running anywhere from 4k to 8k I mean you know you got there's so many settings on that camera and he knows it better than I do because he's always you know that's his weapon
1: exactly. and, uh,
2: and I look up and I see that other buck coming I said, I said, please Lord, let that camera work. Because you know I'm in, you know, your morale gets low. You know when that's a low blow to you when something like that. You're so close, but that camera just saved that animal's life. Exactly. You know, but at the end of the day, that's my job. If I can't shoot that that animal on camera, I didn't do my job. And a lot of people throw salt on that, but they don't understand what the concept is behind it. That's just like them going, you know, to work and clocking in and just sitting down and not doing that how,
1: how do you feel not about that, that how do you feel about that as a deer hunter though uh taking out the was, perspective of being behind the camera having to let back down on that particular deer because of that camera malfunction
2: it killed me
1: yeah
2: i mean i mean it would any it would any true deer hunter because yeah. everybody that you will know, wants to you know that's the grand prize you know that's your gold nugget right there but i've I've disciplined myself enough to a certain extent that I know that's my job. And if I shoot it, yeah, I'm going to be tickle pink with it. Don't get me wrong. But at the end of the day, I didn't do my job. I didn't do my sponsors right because I didn't get it on camera. I can't use it. You can't watch it. And so, and I just wasted all this money for no reason. Right. You know, and, and that's the downfall of the beast and, it, and a lot of people don't understand how many deer actually gets to live because of that camera and i'm not gonna lie to you, you know the redness come out in me every now and then you
0: ready ready you ready to, I'm, ready I'm, ready to I'm, shank well it's, i'm it's I'm, gonna, I'm wondering you know, from an
1: outsider's perspective does that does that wear on uh, you having to worry so much about getting that perfect camera shot and making sure that everything is perfect i mean I mean, I oh, know yeah. the pressure absolutely. alone, you know, but just making sure. Oh,
3: absolutely! I think we absolutely. look at it as I think we look at it as he's a he's a deer hunter, but like he keeps saying, that's his job, and I think that's what we're looking at it from. He's we think, man, it's just he's just deer hunting, but like you said, this is your job, that's your livelihood.
2: Oh yeah, and, and uh, you know, it, and yes, it takes a very big toll, and I and and getting to the going back to early season Kentucky you know turpin it's his first year and he's done an outstanding job but when he got through in that realm in kentucky buddy i've never seen nothing like this and when we got all these 150s to 170s within 50 yards of us with anywhere from a 100 plus deer to 50 deer you know within 200 yards to zero yards You know, and and he held it together really good. And when I shot Nightwalker, I looked over at that monitor to make sure that camera was in focus. And that was, and and I didn't need to, but I did. And you know that that's just when on a deer or any deer, I mean, even a doe, you want it to be as perfect as possible. Just like when y'all boys go, you know, do y'all thing. You want to be the best at it you can be. And you know, it it, a lot of it has to do with where you come from, how you was raised, or you know, your pride. You always want to be the best at what you can do. Right. And and that's what we strive for. And I think that's why I've been so successful and blessed doing what I'm doing, because I always want a little bit more and I always want to be a little bit better. I'm never satisfied.
0: Well, and so you go from, you know, that basically hunting in hell. And we saw the videos, and anybody out there that hadn't seen the, the teasers for it, once they get to see that, you know, those hunts in Oklahoma drop on all the platforms, you're going to see some, uh, you're going to see some hunting where it takes the fun out of it, and it does become a job.
2: Oh yeah, and actually the the big wide deer, the second buck I shot, I stalked him that evening in the snow, crawled in two foot three foot of snow. I was soaking wet from head to toe. Release was froze up. My roll pin was froze up. Range finder froze up. It wasn't working. And and I probably had that deer at 30, 40 yards at one point. And Matt, I knew he was on him at one point. But when I was on him, I knew more than likely he wasn't on him. And I didn't get a shot off. And because he was a little bit further behind me. And don't get me wrong now, it's epic. We made a teaser out of it when I'm stalking him. And uh you know, just little stuff like that goes into play when you got two people. You got a big old camera you're toting around. And it, it puts the odds, man, so against you you just gotta make yourself that much better to even back out the odds, you know.
1: How does that play? Is Matt uh as far as your cameraman goes, is he is he a big does he I mean, is he a big hunter himself?
2: oh uh, yeah, he is okay he's uh or his his passion is turkey
1: hunt okay turkey hunt Duh, yep. how does he feel does he get just as passionate about it as you when y'all are chasing a big buck or um i mean i know y'all go through the lulls together um does he get oh, yeah. it just as jacked as you do when it comes to
2: oh yeah oh yeah 100
1: percent. when i shot that deer in illinois they about cried <laughs> yeah well hey you 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 like ourselves faced a big adversity in Illinois with the heat and, and oh, the are just yeah. not doing what they're supposed to do. So I was just curious from a cameraman's perspective, if he ever just meant like, man, which I know that's his job. That's what he's doing. But, um, if he ever gets to want be. I'll tell
2: you the, the only time I've ever seen him break was in Illinois and we moved the stand into this, this gnarly thicket. Y'all know, y'all know in the vicinity where it's at. Y'all been in the same, I think y'all hunted the same property. Mm-hmm. And I remember hunting over there, so I was green to it. And I had my stands where I thought was in, you know, the money sets. I mean, it looked perfect, but the phase of the rut wasn't what I wanted it to be. So I had to go to them. And we sat there the first day. I'll ne- I won't never forget this one. It was 40-mile-an-hour wind when we walked out the door that morning. And it- I didn't want to go, but we went because I knew we had to. And we got in this little bitty tree, and, man, we didn't even sit down, and we got deer to sh- just shooting right by us. A 115-inch 10-pointer walks by us at two yards maybe. And, and it crossed my mind to shoot him because I need to shoot something at this point. And – but – I didn't, and I look over, and there's Mac Daddy, and then there's another Mac Daddy walking him, and they're with a hot dough. Well, they kind of ease off, and it's around 10 o'clock, and I just had told him, I said, man, the only spot I can't shoot is directly behind you if you sit down. I said, if you're standing up, I can shoot, you know, because your knees won't be in my way. I hit my horns together, and no sooner than his butt hit the seat, here he comes right behind us, and he's standing right where I can't shoot because Matt just sat down. This is at 1030. And now on top of that, we got one bottle of water, and we got one pack of crackers that we're sharing at this point. And we would not planning on sitting all day because this is by far the worst conditions we've been in all year long, and – that deer standing there, and if you're watching it on TV, you're going, why ain't he this idiot shooting this deer? He's 20 yards broadside. But I couldn't shoot him because Matt was in the way. So the deer turns around and walks off. And me and him do cartwheels and backflips over each other, swap stands, swap everything around. And that was the moment when I didn't get a shot at that deer. His spirit broke for a little while. And uh which it did mine too. But I knew we had a pretty good shot at the deer. And the good Lord blessed us and that evening at the witching out about four thirty I hit the horn together and I rattled the same deer back in. He came in from behind us and I think I shot him at five yards.
0: And that episode's gonna drop sometime in the there, spring.
2: There, yeah, July is when we'll start airing third quarter.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And I can't wait to see that one because we heard about it firsthand in the moment we you know got to hear about it and i can't wait to see that one so we went through illinois we went through oklahoma we've got you know we got texas laying out there i know you you know not to speed through texas but you, you had some success there and oh yeah you know you've you forded on past texas you go home for a bit i believe and then you mm-hmm. you're back out to kentucky you know where kind of your nemesis has been in the 2020 season and you know kind of talk me through the last week because that that's where you've been for the last week i I don't even know if you've made it home yet
2: yeah i i I ain't been home long i got home around one o'clock today and
0: uh and don't don't listen don't don't let mama choke me for getting you out of the out of the house on the on the first night back i apologize for that
2: oh she she's fine she's fine she's probably in there working on emails or something she she works just as hard as i do man and if it wasn't for her and my family that backs me, man, the way they do, I wouldn't be what I am. And I give a lot of the – most of the credit because the smarts and the business, you know, the emailing and the contracts, besides lawyers and stuff, it comes from Miss Macy Kyle, my girlfriend. And uh, she she's the backbone of the game, ain't no doubt about it. And uh, I can't never thank her enough because I wouldn't be able to do it all myself, you know. Yes, sir. And she understands, and she understands, you know. And uh, she enjoys it, I think, just as much as I do. She hates when I leave, but when I come home with a big old rack or something, you know, she's just as pumped as I am.
0: And how excited was she for, to hear that call come from Kentucky after what you been oh, through dude, there? I, I, I
2: FaceTimed her, and she's at work. And uh, she said, you get big, Daddy." I said, sure did, and she <laughs> did this though. Why whoop, whoop, she's at work now? <laughs> and, uh, That's awesome. Oh, but, oh, she, she. I think it meant just as much to her because she's seen what it's put me through, emotional and stressful, and just. And man, I get obsessed with. I just I get a, I've never been a, a di- addicting or obsessive type toward anything besides deer hunting. And that one, that one place, man, this year, it was just, it was by far the most blessed. Place
0: I've ever been and the most cursed at the same time now you I've said you, you say cursed now I know I know we've kind of sped through a lot tonight and and I don't want anyone out there that's listening to this episode think that you know it's because I don't want them to know the story behind it all but I've only got so much time that we can sit here and talk and you and I talked for an hour and a half last night about God knows what but you know oh, yeah. how'd you break that curse okay. Kentucky i I gotta hear that and i gotta hear it on here i mean i heard a little bit last (laughs) night but i got to hear it on here
2: oh yeah because i left you hanging
0: you did you did you left me on the cliff i mean i was on my toes waiting for part two to drop
2: well it starts in september i'll feed through that i shoot the biggest deer of my life and i drew on this deer nine times in a five day span and i passed a 160 at 18 yards trying to shoot this other deer I named Nightwalker, and uh, man, he just, he'd become like my best friend. And uh, he had probably 10, 12-inch prowl. He was just a deer of a lifetime, and I was just eat up with him. And, and it always seemed like something would go wrong. Like I was at full drawing on him one time. A coyote bumped him. I'm at full drawing him again, waiting on a deer to clear. A acorn falls, hits the blind, bumps him. And now, taking consideration, there's sixty deer around me within a hundred yards, and I'm sitting on the ground in a double bowl with two people in the in the blind was in a little bowl with the wind swirling and it was tough, but we we beat them. and had a helicopter bumping one time, and then the deal was there were just so many deer in my way to shoot him I couldn't never get a clear shot and then finally, the day I did he uh he was at forty six yards forty five yards, and he dropped on me probably ten twelve inches and just hit him high. My air didn't penetrate like it should have and uh so fast forward to this trip, get up there and uh go back to the same blind, got the attracts out, got this bike I'm throwing everything I got out of them. I got clean corn. I got the attracts. I got deer 30 mental buddy. I'm talking, I'm laying wood to this spot because it hadn't been chummed up because I hadn't been there, and nobody's been hunting. Late season, everybody's burnt out, and I always say late late season separates the men from the boys see who wants it the worst. And out of every state that I tagged in, which was every one of them, Kentucky was the one I wanted the most. It, it was personal to me. I did, I hate getting beat, and that field had has been just beating me like a dog, man. And we get up there, and I went from seeing shooters back during early and the other few times I've been up there, every time I sit down in, that, in a stand or in the field in general, I always send a shooter, every time, and sometimes two or three. And, and take on consideration, I done drew on a 180 twice and drew on a 150 a few times drew on a 160 a few times and could never get a shot off just because something just random happened that never happens and you know as it, as everybody does we're like well man you know this you know just bad luck you know just got to shake it well we go back up there i got my uh my man uh victor with me from scent he's filming me we get up there and day three rolls around that morning there's a giant standing on my chum pile in daylight. And I said, we'll kill him this evening. I said, it's north wind. I said, it's blowing right in their bedroom where they're going to come out at. I said, he'll come out. And I said, we'll shoot him. Sure enough, he does. I've never seen this deer, probably 160 inches. Mainframe nine with split brow tine He's standing in the exact same spot that Nightwalker was standing, but just a little bit further out. And I shoot this deer, and I think I smoke it. Ain't a doubt in my mind. I tracked this deer for a 1,000 yards. I let him lay a complete night and day. Basically two days I let this deer lay and at, on a two-day-old blood trail. Ray Charles going to follow this deer for a 1,000 yards. <laughs> and at a 1,000 yards, man, just like the aliens come and picked him up, like he just vanished in the thin air. <sighs> and now that's two of the biggest deer I've ever drew my bow on. I've lost in the exact same field. And that's the only two deer that I've ever shot on camera that I've lost. So I just got pretty much smacked in the face with a two by four.
0: I guess so. And
2: like, you know, I mean that does a lot to your mental process that breaks you. Well, my daddy's always told me it ain't how hard you can hit it's or how hard you can hit it's how hard you can get, you know, when you get back up
0: right, and, right.
2: uh, so we keep on doing it with well, this deer i had done seen him several times and he was just a big mega giant seven porn. he was old and run down and he come in the night before seen him he stayed out a little bit too far and uh just you know every, it just wasn't meant to be like something always went wrong like when y'all watch this footage, y'all get your popcorn out, and put your seatbelts on, like it's gonna blow your doors off. Like I, ain't, I mean, you can't make this stuff up. And Vic looks at me and goes, "Man," he said, "This got to be a demon field." He said, "I've never seen nothing like this." He said, "He said this. I know how you shoot. I've seen you shoot deer at 100 yards, 80 yards, and you wheelhouse them." And he said, "You know," he said, "Something ain't right." So, long story short, we talked to the farmer, and I asked him. I said. And at this point, I'm desperate. Like I need to know something to just give me a peace of mind. Cause just this, I've just been give me something, man. Just give me something. You know, just help help a brother out. And he tells me, and I asked him, I said, "Man, has anybody ever died or got hurt in that field?" <laughs> and uh, like I'm at that point, and he goes, "No, not that I know of." And I said, uh, "I said, what what kind of history do you got on, uh, you know, on the field or?" Or has anything ever happened? And He goes, "Well, it's old Indian stomping grounds for Blackfoot and Cherokee."
0: In your lot, and huh? I'm,
2: <laughs> and I'm like, "Here's your sign." You know, and Pete <laughs> G- looks at me and slaps me on the arm, and he says, "You see them old rocks down through on the ditch lines where I don't plow? He said, I'm pretty sure that's old uh, headstones.
0: Wow.
2: So I'm like, you know, and everything starts making sense at this point because. Y'all boys is probably where y'all from, they're they're around here.
0: Oh yeah. And, you,
2: and you do and you don't mess with Indian barrel ground.
0: No. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, I mean you, you that's that's bad you do from about the time you step foot on it. And I'm sitting here going out of all the places in the world, it had to be right here. Right. You know, in my in my head. So we start doing all kind of research and sure enough it pops up. And I'm like, wow and Dick's over, he's doing his research. Well, I get on the phone and I start calling a bunch of buddies that's in construction or that moves dirt that might have run into this kind of, you know, situation before. And finally I get in touch with one of my buddies, uh, Mr. Ben Spears. He's a longer. And, uh, He says, You got any sage? And I said, No, sir, I don't.
0: Sage, oh, God. (laughs) you going to the. Listen, at this point, he's wanting you to go to the teepee and light the pot.
2: I'm like, Sage, you know? I was like, No, boss, I ain't got no sage with me. (laughs) I I left that at home. And uh, he goes, Well, bury something. I'm like, Well, I can do that. So we go in the next day. I chum it back up, go in the next day. And I bury a broadhead. The broadhead I shot that deer with, I bury it in front of my ground line. And it's all on camera, video, the whole kit and caboodle. And I looked at that field and I said, i offer y'all boys peace. I don't want no more trouble. like I'm at that point. An hour and 45 minutes later, that big seven walks out, which scored 143 inches for seven point, which is a mega giant, walks out at 52 yards. And I wheelhouse him. But I, I mean, I couldn't have made a better shot on him if he was at five yards. Dang. Okay, and this is where it gets creepy. This is where I left Alex hanging. I go over to pick my air up. And you can't make this stuff up now, fellas. I promise you. Pick my air up. And as I'm talking to the monitor, I look down and there's a horseshoe that's probably from the early
1: 1800s. Oh, that fell out of Not Alex's time. butt. <laughs> and, and, I'm like,
2: and i'm like and i got that sucker with me well bring it, it back it to you me mean, man i need that <laughs> and, I, I, and when i seen that dude it give me goosebumps
0: i guess so so
2: oh. i pick it up and i look at it and i'm just like and it's like dude i told you and i was like well man i wish i knew this you know in september if that's all you know if that was the missing piece to the to the puzzle that deer run 50 yards expired on the edge of the field and uh i called my buddy lance uh from my own track lance Bradley, he's got one of the baddest dogs in the world i'd say for tracking deer and i called him and i said well i beat that field today buddy and i told him the, you know the whole story he said man i didn't want to tell you nothing he said when we was tracking nightwalker he said he said, that was probably the weirdest vibe of any property I've ever been to in my life. And he said, when well, the first spot of blood we found, he said, there was a copperhead laying in it. And he said, he was trying to strike at me. And he said, out of the million properties I've been to, he said, that ain't never happened to me. And he said, this is so dink, there's a copperhead laying in the only pile of blood that we found. Yeah. Now, is that not weird?
0: Uh, it, well, it's weird, but... To outdoorsmen that have spent, you know, the the cumulative portion of their life in the woods, we've always heard stories, you know, of respecting the ground and, and you know taking into consideration everything that's happened throughout, you know, our lives when it comes to those points in you know hunting, but not necessarily hunting. Being in the outdoors, you know, it may seem weird to a lot of people to do what you did, bearing a you know a broadhead. But at the same time, it's not just a mental game for you at that point. You're giving back to the earth and kind of respecting that spot, you know, for whatever happened there hundreds of years ago. And, you know, to me that means – that goes to show for me, and and I'm sure a lot of people out there are going to hear that story and they're going to see that story when it drops uh, on air. They're going to see that, and they're going to have a a better appreciation Mm -hmm. for, you know, I guess keeping yourself grounded and what you're trying to do in your career and you're being very successful at it and you and I've had some conversations around that or, you know with your your posts and things like that but you going into that to me that's going to mean more to a lot of people than than you could probably even realize and I'm sure you do but that that's going to take you know if somebody out there has had a similar situation happen they're going to hear this or they're going to see that and they're going to take from that you're not too big for yeah. your britches. You're just as grounded as all the rest of us are. And, you know, hearing you talk about all the deer that you've been able to, like I said, we could get on here and talk for the next, you know.
1: Oh,
2: yeah, two days. Yeah,
0: we could talk and, for, we could done. do 15 episodes on the individual deer hunts that you've had over the last, you know, 20, 25, 30 years. And that's just, that's just not what I wanted to do. I wanted to get on here and, and you You summed it all up at that point right there with that you know you're you're a grounded individual that's willing to you know put the time in and put the work in, and I guarantee you're gonna continue to be successful at it and and that's what that you you hit the nail on the head on where I wanted to get to with that with that you know ending right there with that of that story so Nick, what you got over there? I know you got something
3: yeah Matt, I got a few questions for you i know we're we're kind of running up on time here, but
0: I got a few questions for you,
3: and uh 'cause okay. i I know we'll get you back on here several times. Um, I've just jotted down some notes. Are you, are you, uh, do you film turkey hunts too?
2: Yes, sir. I do.
3: Yeah. Yeah. We're me and Watson. I know Alex don't want to talk about it yet, but we're ready to get on the turkey scene too. So, um, yeah, I
2: was talking to a guy in Florida today and we're trying to line something on the Osceola hunt down there to kind of, kind of kick it off. And I've really never really targeted turkey hunting because I've just, that's my fishing time. Right. I like mean, Alex talked about the other night, you know, that's kind of my off two months off before i got to get back on it you know and but this year i think we're going to try to we're going to try to do some turkey hunts and just kind of create a different avenue and a different series and just kind of give the viewers something different you know instead of just the big game stuff
3: we're going to go you know shoot some some well, turkey so well maybe we can get you over here on one of these georgia birds <clears throat> yes yeah, that's good brother. hey uh are you are you a gun hunter i haven't heard you say anything i've heard you say about bow do you gun hunt at all
2: you know, sure. I've not shot a deer with a gun since I was eight or eleven years old, and the biggest deer I've ever killed with a gun is a Spike.
0: <laughs> well, imagine that, but well, We had a guy on here on
1: our last episode. He's a Spike Slayer himself, old Cody Mayo. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I,
0: I ain't
2: nothing wrong with a good old Alabama
1: 11th corner. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> hey, do you ever? Do you ever? Um, I know you. You know, travel all around hunting. Do you ever get back to hunting some of those places and? Uh, Georgia, Alabama line down there, or do you just run out of time when the season ends?
2: Well, since uh, Alabama usually I run out on Georgia, just unless I get done quick or how the schedule lays out, I'll try to hunt Georgia some in September when it opens, but I usually don't get to hunt it, but one or two times. Uh, Alabama, since they extended the season through February the tenth, I believe it is, um, I'm on, actually I'm gonna get right back at it tomorrow. Like, it it killed me not to go hunting today, as bad as that sounds. Uh, But, yeah, I try to hunt um, as much as I can, you know, around here um, and just kind of go back to my roots and see how much the woods has changed, you know, because it seems like when when I was little, and I can relate to this, you know, you, you got that favorite spot you go to or that money spot, and then through the years progress, when you go back in there, everything just slightly changes over time. And it's cool to see all that how it evolves, and you know it—it it, it becomes a different world. Man, you know, it's
3: pretty neat. Man, I've always wondered this as a uh, as watching watching people hunt on TV and watching you and stuff like this. has often come to me, but you guys kill a lot of deer throughout the year, and I'm sure you eat it just like the rest of us. But what where does oh, yeah. where does those other deer go that you you may not have time to get back home? Oh uh, man, a lot of the deer. I usually give to
2: wherever I'm hunting at, whatever outfitter, just yeah. to have camp food yeah, to a certain extent. And then a lot of times if, if the outfitter knows of a needy family or, you know, knowing some people that, you know, have deer or want deer meat throughout the year, we'll donate it to them, you know, and give them, be more glad to give it to them and uh, help them out or to a church, just doing a you know, a fundraiser. Or, That's you know, of that kind of what I thought. F- yeah. I figured
3: it was kind of for a charity and stuff. Um yeah. I got two more questions, man. I'll turn it back over to Alex. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, you're what, talking a lot. God hush. Right? I know. <laughs> what,
3: hush, what's, the, what's the next um, game on the horizon that you want to hunt that you haven't done yet or filmed? Uh, man, there's a bunch of them. <laughs> yeah.
2: Uh, I really want to go on an elk hunt that or a uh
1: hit me up <laughs> uh,
2: like it's killing me and i almost went on one this past year but since the whole Corona deal hit i didn't i wasn't able to yeah uh but, but man it just stuff like that like the elk the really really big game um it eats my budget up so bad that if i do one hunt it takes out three of my hunts
3: right right, right.
2: and if i'm not successful with it you know, I, I just kind of shot myself in the foot.
3: It's hard to break and away was, from those places that you already got locked up for oh being, yeah. for whitetail hunting.
2: Uh, oh, yeah, man. And 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 regardless if, if I'm doing this for a living, got a camera on my shoulder, I'm going hunting. Right. Like, I ain't no doubt about it. I mean, I'm going to go hunting. I'm going to be in the Midwest through the end of October just like y'all boys through Thanksgiving. And, you know, I mean, that's just – that's how I tick. You know, that's what keeps me going. Right. And uh, the but, but elk probably would be on my bucket list, that or a moose, yeah. for sure.
3: Well, the final question, man, and you being an Alabama boy, let's hear it. Roll Tide or War Eagle?
2: Man, I'm not going to lie to you. If it don't revolve around deer hunting, yeah. I don't care about it. You, you got to have <laughs> one, it. man. You're Alabama boy. <laughs> I'm I'm being dead serious. Brother. Okay. If it ain't do a deer hunting or fishing, because you will be oh, well, you won't be surprised. But I get that all the time, and I always say if it don't involve deer hunting, money, or fishing,
3: I'm I'm I don't I I'm don't pretty get shocked from being off. an Alabama boy because them Alabama people bleed one or the other. Okay. Oh
2: yeah, they do. oh yeah, they do. Well, as good as Alabama are, and I'm from Alabama, I really ain't got to say it because they back it up for me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's there you true. go.
3: There you go. Well, thanks, Matt. Thanks for coming on. I'll turn it back over to Alex and let him rattle off a little bit longer. Yeah, I mean, I appreciate only, you
0: coming on, man. You know, I know it's went thanks, longer. Than, I, I know it's went longer than we expected it to, Matt, and, and I sure appreciate your time. But, you know, my my really final question to sum it all up is, you know, how has hunting changed you? You know, you, you've spent your cumulative portion of your life and the majority of your life being a hunter. and you know what's the biggest takeaway from it that you've got, and, and how has it changed you as a as a you know as an individual as a man or, or whatever it may be. It's, that's a tough question, man. It is. It is, and I and I ask it a lot, and and but you know the and it doesn't. It always goes back to you know what what you've got out of it the most, I guess.
2: Uh, the memories definitely. Uh, but I, it's taught me never take anything for granted because it can all get taken away from me in the blink of an eye and it don't matter how good you think you are or how bad you think you are, it can humble you just as quick as anything in this world you know and uh, it's really taught me to be I think a more respectful person and to, to have the bigger the bigger outlook on life, It's just not all about, uh, I guess, the kill, which everybody wants to kill. Don't get me wrong. But it's more important to build the relationships and to build the the friendships and the foundations of that. And there's just so, man, we could talk another hour about this, you know, subject. Um, But it's really grounded me, I guess you would say, and to be a more humble person. And especially where I come from, I come from nothing and it's just taught me to appreciate everything a little bit more.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and that's that's exactly, you know, what I expected to hear from you because in first time meeting you and definitely this year getting to talk to you more, I can definitely see, you know, this year has definitely humbled you as far as the deer hunting goes, and judging from your your, your posts people see online, they can follow the track record for you, whereas you didn't post that much information, but now you're posting a lot more and and I love yep. seeing that out of you. And you're you're very thankful. For, you're very humble, and you know you're a very blessed individual. And you're always uh, making a point to be thankful for that. So you know, I, I my hats off to you in, in keeping yourself grounded in everything that you do, because that's that means as much to the to the guys out here like us that are just doing you know our hunting and and going through our day to day lives. That means more to us than anything. I promise you that, because we can relate to that um before we let you go you know anybody that you want to shout out to uh you know what's what's next for for matt and and where do you uh you know i know you got you thank macy already but you know who who else have you got out there that you know that you'd like to shout out to
2: oh man i got a list of them i got some of the best i mean i do got the best sponsors in the world by far that believe in me and back back me and and uh i got some of the best fans in the world if it wasn't for them i wouldn't be you know i wouldn't be here um, all my sponsors. Uh, I don't want to start naming them because I'll forget one and I'll get yelled at. Um, but definitely Southeast Wildlife Innovations, Mr. Chandler and, and Emmett and Matt and and all them boys, they take good care of me. They got a, they got an awesome product. Um, my title sponsor, Sentlock. They're the backbone of my company. Um, Mr. Uh, Steve Alley and Aaron Anvers and uh, Mr. Dicker and Josh. And then I got... Uh, Mr. Jason Caldwell from Nose Down, he's, he's, he's a character, man. He keeps me on my toes. He always pushes me, you know, wanting a little bit more. You know, he keeps me on my toes, and he's one of my best friends. And uh, Mr. Nick Albany from uh, Loose Brawl's Head and Steady Form, he's been with me, I guess, since day one, man, when I was nobody. And uh, I'll never forget the first ATA I went to, that big deer I killed in Missouri. He had a giant banner hanging up of me and the ATA buddy, and I thought I made it. When I seen that buddy, I thought I actually made it, and then he took a chance on me, and a lot of people wouldn't, and uh, he stuck with me through since day one, and uh, Mr. Jeff from Outright, he takes good care of me. Uh, Mr. Jeff Bander from uh, Buck Fever Seed Company, man, he does, I mean, he's got an awesome product as well, and, uh, and a lot of the thing, you know, people just think, you know, they're my sponsors. But at the end of the day, I become just as good as friends. They're, they become my best friends, you know, and uh, they take really, really good care of me. And uh, all my producers, uh, Alan Bowman, he's like my brother, uh, Matt Turpin, Levi Wilson, Russell Addison, uh, Mr. Larry McCoy from Elite, Mr. Randy from Black Eagle Era, uh, who am I forgetting? Uh, High Times, Blackout, um, they take awesome good care i mean they got an awesome product as well miss miss uh, lindsey and uh jason and uh their new company and they're they will blow up they come out with a laundry pod and the thin eliminator and it's it's helped me a lot to be where i'm at you know and all my outfitters man i like i said i could go on and on and on Uh, who I want to thank, and heck, I thank y'all boys for having me on here. You know, it means the world to me, and I'm honored to be on here with y'all.
0: Well, and that's, you know, that's definitely what we, you know, wanted to hear from you is, you know, the humbleness that you approach everything with and the drive that you have is definitely – it gives – the the guy out here that's running around trying to film hunts and trying to do things for himself, you never forget those people. You're willing to talk to them any day. You know, I'm sure if they, I'm sure you get 500 messages a day, people asking you everything. And I know you're the type of guy that you're going to do everything you can to get back to them. But, you know. Oh,
2: yeah. I always write them back. I always write them back because I don't want to be that guy that, that don't, you know. And I did forget somebody I knew I would. Dear 30 Mineral. Uh, my guys, uh, Jeremy and uh, Mr. Damien, they—I thank the world of them boys. They got a really good product, and uh, I knew I could get somebody You got me Alex.
0: Well, and that, but, hey, yeah. I, I wrote it down. I wrote it down here, nose down, since that uh, I'm I'm interested in in talking to them and and finding out where I can purchase some of that product. Because after you're telling me about that early season stuff, that's definitely something that you know I want to try just to implement into yep. the game. But you know, from from a couple of good old boys here in Georgia that's just sitting around talking about it to seeing somebody that's, you know, a popular uh, figure in the hunting community sitting in a blind listening to our show and sending us a picture of that. That that meant the world to us. By having you here with us tonight was a, oh, was definitely a blessing and a pleasure in itself. And I'm sure we're going to have many more episodes with you when you get a chance to, to go into it. And, uh, you know, you're just an old Alabama boy doing it big time for the little man out here. And, uh, you know... From me to you, I appreciate it, and I can't wait to talk to you a little more in the past. Cody, you got anything else? Hey, man,
1: it was good talking to you again. I'm sure we'll run into you. Uh, we seem to link up every year, but if not, we'll definitely make it a point to get together. But it was good to, good talking to you. Glad you took the time to come on. We appreciate it.
2: Yeah, man, I enjoyed it. It was a good
3: time. Nick, anything else? No, man, I just want to say thanks again, man, and holler
0: at us. Come over here, and let's get on some of them Georgia birds.
2: That sounds like a plan brother i am yes, looking forward
0: to it hey i told you on the phone last night the old turkey talker himself sitting over here to my right i don't hunt them because i'm flipping them beds for them bass i'll put you on some fish <laughs> cody and nick can put you on a turkey but we'll we'll definitely make it sure if we can do anything for you to help you out you know we're here and, and we're, we're we're proud to have you and we, we definitely appreciate it
2: well,
0: i appreciate y'all boys matt uh we'll talk to you soon man uh Nose down scents, Deer 30, SWI, scent lock pro staff member Matt Jennings. He is the host of the game, and you can find that on the My Outdoor TV app, the Mossy Oak Go app. What am I missing, Matt? I know they can find you on YouTube.
2: Uh, YouTube, uh, Carbon TV. We'll start running on uh, Pursuit Channel July. Uh, What am I missing? Think uh, it's Facebook, Instagram. I think I see
0: it. Yeah, and we'll get all your plugs and all your tags on there, and, and when we post the links and everything, so people can find you. Because I want you to, I want you to keep growing, and you know, best of luck to you as you go into Alabama, ending of the season. And uh, I know me and you's gonna be talking about it real soon, buddy. So I, and I, I appreciate it very much.
2: I appreciate it, boys. Y'all have a good night,
0: man. All right, we'll talk to you soon, Matt.
2: See y'all.
0: All right, everybody. Great episode there. Matt Jennings, you know, we went through the whole talk about how we wanted this thing to go. And, you know, I've talked to Matt. I've sent him messages. I've sent him all kinds of stuff about what we might talk about. But at the end of the day, we got to where we wanted to with him. We wanted to find out what really keeps him going. Mm -hmm. And
1: you can tell the passion that he ensues with it. And the guy's a killer. Hey, we see it every year when we meet up with him. He is a no-joke, hands-down um i mean he's a deer hunter he's a grinder yeah he works and he and he puts in the time and effort he ain't just kicking around trying to you know blow steam he he's all about it
0: yeah and i think a lot of the the hunting i think the perception of what we see of the guys on TV is they they've got it made and they're out there people just gift them deer and they give them deer and Matt's a proven example for somebody like me that's never been around any, anybody that's in the you know major hunting industry as far as a production standpoint the guy grinds I mean we'll watch him go to bed at 12 o'clock at night because he's been watching footage and trying to figure out what he wants to do the next day, to up at 4 a.m. drinking coffee with us. And he's as happy when he goes to bed after an unsuccessful hunt
1: as he is waking up in the morning at 4 a.m. to go out there and chase him again. And, and happy to hear your stories and give you any tips or any pointers and that may make you a little more successful, but by no means does it come across like he knows it all. No, he Just, will never he will never yep. give you a piece of advice
0: as telling you what to do he gives you a piece of advice as telling what he would do. Exactly. And he doesn't deliver it in a you know a negative manner or a cocky or an arrogant manner either. And that's, you know, that's the one thing that I've noticed in his posts, and I talked to him, you know, last night about it, how thankful and blessed he is. And he tells you that. He's not afraid to tell you, you know, God put me in this position for a reason, and I'm very thankful to be here. And you can tell by the humble approach that he gives to it. And I hey, I, I honestly I hope he can come over here and get on with you, Nick, and maybe we can go put him on a turkey somewhere. That's what I'm thinking. Yep. Yep. I mean, that would Watson, be. Can
3: we go to your spot? Yeah,
0: sure. <laughs> no, that was. A I done help. told him I'd take you bass fishing, so i told <laughs> y'all,
3: I'll take you fishing. That was a that was a good episode, and I'm glad he came on, and I'm glad to get somebody from that side's perspective of it. That that grinds every day, and it's a job for him. It's not just a. It's not just to get out on the weekends and once a week. Kind but it was time.
0: it was really cool to hear somebody say, "This is my job." Yeah, but this is my passion. And you can tell an Alabama boy that ain't got a football team That's
3: <laughs> di- his game. He's a diehard. As
1: yeah. as his show's called the game. Yeah. That is yeah. his game. Yep, yep, I see it. Yep. So I mean, and going back to how humble it is, we weren't even in camp with him this year, but we made it a point to go by and talk to him just because we wanted to catch up with him and just. You know, and, uh, and
0: I did rev him a little bit about,
1: I was giving, I was on him. I
0: said, where you at hammer? I want to hear about it. What's, what's going on? What happened this year? And he, and he went through his story of being in Kentucky and talking about that. And it really kind of, you could see it was in him a little bit, mm-hmm. but he never let it get him down. I mean, he hunted as yeah. hard in Illinois with us there and the guy was right there you know he he was like how's it going you know what's your plan for this year you know what y'all got going on i know y'all got something working up your sleeve y'all y'all are hunters and he was what y'all got and then he was giving us advice on what he would do in those right. situations and asking us which that was kind of cool to me you know he's yep. like what do y'all know think about this or what should we do there and you know we talked to you know talked to him a little bit about it and you know, hats off to to the more guys, the more family for for and Joe, Rick, yeah, yeah, and Joe uh, Rex and getting us up there and, and making that connection for us. Because as he said, I know that first night. I told Cody when we got there, I said, I don't know, you know, they don't they don't really seem like they like me. But that night when we got back in camp, me and him got to jawing back and forth, and we sat there till probably midnight or later going back and forth, telling stories, telling stories. And it was just – I told Cody, I said, man, I'd like to sit down and talk with him sometime and hear what he's got to talk about. Because I knew it was going to be good and I knew it was going to be fun. So
1: He was well, he was up late that night, though, looking over trail cam pictures about 2 a.m., li- watching I Love Lucy or something on TV. And I said, uh, hey, you going to leave that TV on all night or what? Uh, can we <laughs> well, go I was sleep? Thankful, man sleep? <laughs> I think thankful Cody said it because I was ready to. I, I, I was never going to get to sleep. But, oh,
3: sorry. I tell you, if I learned one thing out of the episode – I think I got a box full of old broadheads over there. I'm gonna be burying them across <laughs> Illinois and North Georgia. <laughs> it's time to time to start burying broadheads. It's time to do some history lesson and burying some broadheads.
0: So. That is awesome. Well, I, I appreciate everybody tuning in and, and as I said, you know, can't thank Matt Jennings enough for coming on and, and talking with us. It was it was indeed a pleasure and it, it went even further than I expected it to. But as I mentioned on the last episode, We're dropping the apparel. We're getting things going. We're going to have a giveaway for anyone who pre-ordered. We're going to enter those names into a hat. We'll do a Facebook Live on that. We're approaching 1,500 followers on our Facebook. When we get to 1,500 followers, we've got a big contest we're going to put together to get to 2,000 in the drive there, and it's going to be big. We're going to make it worth your while. I promise. We've got everything lined up. We're just getting the logistics behind it. We get to 1,500. Please, please, please go over in all of our social media, Instagram, Facebook. You can find us on Spotify, iHeart. You can find us on iTunes. Go leave a review because that's only helping us build better content for the audience. If you've got something you want to see us do, feel free to shout it out. If you've got an apparel product that you want to see us launch, something we haven't thought of, koozies are coming. They're on the horizon. We've got them. Everybody's been asking about them. And as I said, when this episode drops on Friday – we're going to have kids' items available in the next few weeks. So you'll be able to pre-order those for the little ones out there. I know there's a lot of people that are interested. in, it. And in that, to me, at the root, gets back to what we did on our last episode. We want the kids involved. And the more we can get the kids involved, it's going to be better for everybody out there. That's That's really the joy that we get after seeing that. We can sit here all night and tell you about all the deer and everything that we kill. We want to see those little ones. And, And hats off to everybody out there for continuing to follow us along. It's been a fun ride, and it's only going to get better from here. So for everybody over at Talk About It Outdoors, we appreciate you tuning in. And don't forget, smile as you go and mount the memories.